listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 309. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the, are you really going to make me go to Walmart? John Brownstone. There's a good possibility, girl. I mean, what's in it for me other than having the groceries we need? and You get to spend time with me. We live together, we work together, and we sleep together. <laughs> I'm already with you 24-7. Even more time and spent with me. And none of it's me. at a Walmart. Even more time spent with me. See? I mean, you, you make a good case. There you go. We'll see. Maybe there'll be like a coffee or Diet Coke in my future. <laughs> Is that a possibility? That's bribery. I do not resort to bribery. I can be bribed, though. I know you can. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm going to resort to it. We should probably actually get into the episode, huh? I think so. Uh, this week, we're actually revisiting uh, a topic we've done in the past, uh, actually back in 2019 on teamwork. But this time, we're going to talk about it in terms of a book we read that we highly recommend to anybody else who uh, feels like the idea of teamwork in your power exchange resonates. And we have thoughts on what we read. So that's what we're doing this week. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DSM the number one. So that's at LovingDS1 or on YouTube at youtube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Big thanks as always to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. Uh, we're able to keep doing this weird thing on the internet in large part <laughs> because of our kinky patrons. And we're grateful for every fucking one of you. Absolutely. If you'd like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters, you can. Just join us at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so um, this week's episode centers around a conversation about a book we've read. So it felt appropriate <laughs> for my vanilla, very vanilla uh, Etsy shop that is a book themed to sponsor. Put air quotes around that. <laughs> is it sponsoring when it's yours? I don't think so, but that's the handy word we've got. Uh, if you like cute things that are book themed, um you should check out my etsy shop i got stickers i got bookmarks i've got um 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 blind date with a book i've got books that all i give you are little hints about it uh and if it sounds good to you you basically get a mystery book in the mail that i wrapped myself and i'm actually i'm not a crafty person but i can wrap things you you do wrap with a w i cannot rap anything (laughs) that would be terrifying um so yeah i just remind folks that it exists i am adding new products uh all the time so if you don't see anything that like catches your eye right now just favorite the shop that'll work too i've got some bookmarks that um like paper bookmarks that are on their way being shipped i'm designed them but then mm-hmm. having them printed um, and then some other things that uh, are in the works. So there is that. Yay. So this week's topic um, is a redo and not really a redo because opinions have changed a redo because we read a book. So <laughs> we talked back in 2019 about teamwork because we believe that is um an important part of um, power exchange for us. And it is not for everybody, but I think 
some of the reasons that some people struggle with power exchange and setting up their power exchange relationship is because they are probably more geared towards teamwork and collaboration than they are to what in the book we read calls adversarial, where you do the thing I told you to do without question, submissive does the thing without question, and there's not a lot of back and forth about it. Uh, I think some people do struggle with that because that's the model that they see, but it doesn't work for them. Then here we are with the teamwork. So we gave our opinions and our experience on how we view that back in 2019. If you have not watched that, heard that, whatever, um, it is linked in the places you can go back um, and hear our thoughts. I really don't think our thoughts have changed that much. If anything, mm -hmm. they maybe have become more nuanced. We've maybe just done it longer that we, you know, I don't know how to say it, but basically we've refined some of our opinions. But in this case, we saw this book came up on our radar. Somebody recommended it, maybe several somebody's. I don't remember anymore. If you were one of them, thank you. And I don't remember if you were. Um, and we finally got a chance to read it. And then I think both of us ended up like highlighting half the bond. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That book is called Building the Team, Cooperative Power Dynamic Relationships by Raven Caldera and Joshua Tenpenny. Um, they are a master-slave uh, dynamic, and the book is basically both of their uh, viewpoints sort of combined into one nice package. Mm -hmm. um, they, in that book, have this conversation and share what they know, similarly to the way you and I tend to share things, but they're more concise and more professional. <laughs> um, links to... The books are in the places as well. I did the Amazon link for those folks who just, you know, use Amazon because it tends to be uh, more affordable for them. I also included a link. It's an affiliate link to a place called bookshop.org. If you are a person who's like, I really would rather support indie bookstores, this is a great site to do that through. They don't always have every book like Amazon does, but they have a lot and they had this one. Um, if you use that link, we are affiliates to make a small commission, disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. But you have options if you're like, I'm trying to get away from Amazon. Uh, this has nothing to do with the topic, but we are actually shopping a little bit less on Amazon. Um, not for ethical reasons, but for cost-effective reasons. Sometimes Amazon is not the cheapest anymore. No, no, they're that not. A, that's a thing. Um, so <laughs> because we've had the conversation already on teamwork that are just our thoughts, um, this conversation, we want to use the book as the central theme, but we don't just want to give you a synopsis. The synopsis is they talk about teamwork. They actually um, talk about it through a master-slave dynamic, which in a lot of things, there, to me, there was no difference. But in some ways, there yeah. were obvious differences because the idea tends to be, the stereotype tends to be in an owner-slave kind of dynamic that it's gonna be, put air quotes around this because this means different things to different people. It's gonna be stricter. Um, there's gonna be a lot less leeway. It's gonna be a lot more, I tell you what to do, you do it. And what they show is that you can flip even in a, a master slave dynamic on its head and make it collaborative. And they talk mm -hmm. about how that works through that lens. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I wanna say about the book, just real quick off the top, reading it, I it, it, it really affirmed what you and I have and the way we work together. Yes, it was. And while it does, as you say, you know, it, it is written in a master-slave perspective because that's what, you know, that's who they are, mm -hmm. for one. So, so they wrote what they know. Um, 
I was reading it and looking at it through a lens of, you know, dominant, submissive, uh, daddy, baby girl. And it's like, yeah, most of this can be applied to any DS relationship, really. Especially if you are reframing your expectations or your thinking or trying to flip the script that you were taught about what power exchange is supposed to look like, because I've not come across any type of dynamic where there wasn't some school of thought of a, a power exchange dynamic is literally just dominant, tells you what to do, submissive does it without question. We, anybody who's been doing it for more than five minutes knows that that's not universally true, that there are multiple ways to do it. But if you come in completely new and you're, you know, looking at your airbrushed porn or you're reading the fantasies or you're just seeing the memes or whatever, you will absolutely get that perspective for almost any um, dynamic out there. So yeah, reading this through our own personal lens of knowing that we are nothing like any sort of stereotypical master slave, anything like that just would, no, you would never put us in that box and still seeing parallels in every other dynamic we've experienced. Yeah. This one is in my uh, opinion for anybody who is intrigued by the idea of a collaborative power exchange mm -hmm. versus like they say, they call them the book adversarial, which I thought was a good, a good way to yeah. to point it out to differentiate so what we're going to do is actually uh, we're not going to rehash the whole book we're going to kind of talk about the things that stood out to us from this book and just give our opinions and expand on their thoughts versus our thoughts on teamwork and collaboration um again the book is called because i know i speak fast sometimes building the team cooperative power dynamic relationships by raven caldera and joshua tenpenny um and the links to the books are in the places okay so what what you go first okay. what stands out to you um there there were a couple things that stood out to me um in this one of the first things and this is something i i've believed in for a long time uh, I'll read the, uh, the highlight. Fear is never a motivation for the slave. Best motivations are achievements, excellence in their role, wanting the relationship to go well, and wanting to please their master. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I have often said this, uh, something that made me, even years ago, um, when I first came into into the lifestyle, you know, hearing, hearing some of these doms and masters, I'm going to break you. I'm going to tear you down into nothing. And, and, you know, you'll, you'll be less than you ever were, you know, that never sat with me. And, and, while, <laughs> and, and while I know there are people who do want that in, mm -hmm. in a, in a DS relationship, I, I think for the most part, they're far and few between. I also think that it's more on the level of the fantasy, like break me yeah. down in a scene and then mm -hmm. please glue me back together. Cause I'm probably going to yeah. need that. But every day of your life for the rest of your life. No, mm -hmm. no does mm -hmm. not appeal. You know, it, it, it kind of goes back to the, to the old saying, you know, you, you, you catch more flies with honey than mm -hmm. vinegar, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and that's pretty much what this is saying. You know, when, when somebody completes a task and, you know, you, you celebrate the achievement that builds them up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, 
knowing that they're they're performing their role well. Mm-hmm. You know, these these are all things that as a team even if it's just a team of two people. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. it it it's a team that strengthens the team to to grow and do more. And I also think that you get more out of whatever your ultimate goal is, which mm-hmm. in most power exchange relationships is satisfaction and contentment and whatever, when you find what motivates a person. Because yeah. when a person is motivated, not always, not in every situation, but in many cases, they become, there's a term, but basically they are self-powered. I mean, that's, you know, they can keep going without a bunch of extra input from the outside because they found their motivation that gets them up in the morning, keeps them going. You know, I know many, many a time when I've done a thing that, I, did I really feel like doing it? If left to my own devices, would I have rather laid in bed and just, you know, scrolled my phone for three hours? Sure. But the internal motivation that I had either to make you happy, to do something mm-hmm. that I find satisfying, to keep the relationship going is what allows me to do a thing even when I'm not I'm not really feeling it. Like the, the truth of the matter is in power exchange, no matter how good the relationship is, every moment of every day, you will not feel like doing something that you agreed to do six mm-hmm. months or six years ago. If it is still important to you to do, if it is still satisfying on some level, it is that in part inner motivation that you found that keeps you going through those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not a perfect uh, way of keeping yourself going. Sometimes there will be outside factors in uh, life that will keep you from doing a thing you want to do. But, but how many of us have had the experience of this is a thing I should do I know I should do it. I know on paper I want to do it. But in this moment, I don't want to do it. Well, what keeps you going anyway? You know, sometimes it's that there are consequences if you don't do a thing. The the negative reinforcement, the negative feedback. Sometimes there's a positive Mm -hmm. reinforcement um, factor. There's the knowing that you're going to get praised or knowing that you've pleased a partner. Those are definitely worthy things. But sometimes it's just your own kind of gumption and your own get up and go. True, 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 true. Um, and I think that that you can have that motivation, internal motivation to keep going because you've had all the external stuff. You've had the you catch more flies with honey than vinegar moment. Yeah. You know, your partner's been pleased with you. They've said nice things to you. They've mm-hmm. praised you. They've done whatever it is that kind of, you know, makes you feel good. And then that builds that as well. So it makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, do you have another one? Go ahead. You want me to go? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, now I have to find one. I was gonna rely on you. Um, so <laughs> the one one of many, there were many, many highlights. This is a relatively, from my perspective, short read. It's not a long book at all. And I, so many highlights. Um, this one, the teamwork model relies entirely on the slave understanding the spirit of each rule rather than scrutinizing the letter of the master's law usually in order to find loopholes and justify unwanted behavior. The slaves who are most likely to do this are usually intelligent, highly verbal people who enjoy arguing and can do it for hours on end. Look, just cross out slave and insert Kayla Lords. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that part when you're, when you're in a teamwork model, 
teamwork and collaboration sometimes means, depending on how you sorted yourself out, that the, the exact reading of the rule will not apply to all situations because nobody can think of every situation where um, the thing that you, the rule you've created like fits. Like there will be times where there's gotta be some judgment from the submissive type to figure out in this situation, what would my partner actually want that keeps with the spirit of our power exchange? Now, do brats exist? Of course they do. Uh, am I also a person who looks for loopholes? Yes, not because I actually want to get out of doing something, but because it's fun. It's a mental exercise for me. It's a challenge. It's you. a challenge. It's it's also fun to see the dawning realization when you're like, I did not think that through, did I? Mm -hmm. um, also, it makes me feel smart. <laughs> but at my core, what I want in our power exchange is to do the air quote right thing. I want you to be pleased with me. I want mm -hmm. to be the, you know, consummate good girl. I want all of that. So understanding the spirit of a rule um, and brats understand the spirit of a rule. They just sometimes don't care, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. And also mm -hmm. brats are not monolithic. So every brat is not going to disregard a rule just because they found a loophole. I am I do not call myself a brat, I call myself sassy and I go back and forth. I would never actually break a rule just because I found the loophole. I just like pointing out that the loophole exists and I want you to know that I know that the loophole <laughs> exists and I'm choosing to ignore the loophole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, you know, unless you are a person who wants to follow the letter of the law and wants to follow, find the loopholes and wants to brat in every situation, and I'm sure those people out there mm -hmm. exist. I think for most people in that teamwork framework are going to, that's the important thing to know. No one person can think of a rule for every single solitary situation. So it means that both of you have to rely on the comprehension skills and some level of understanding and intelligence from the submissive to stay within more like guidelines, guideposts. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I, there are some rules that are very like strict, like you will do this thing at this time, you will complete this task daily. But then there are some that we, I'm not even sure we could fully define. Like the rule is I can say anything I want to, I just have to be respectful. Well, what does respectful mean in any given situation, right? Yeah. The, um, there's another one that I highlighted here where um, it talks about sometimes having to have a plan in place for the little s in a dynamic to tell the dominant not what they want to hear, but basically what they need to hear. We call that the tough love clause. Yeah. And technically if our dynamic was such that you don't tell me what to do ever, which we actually don't have that rule, um, then the tough love clause couldn't have a place. The tough love clause is going, my job is to take care of you. My job is to serve you. I'm a service submissive and that is a thing you allow me to do. Sometimes in serving you and serving the greater good of a relationship, I gotta tell you that you done fucked up or I gotta tell you, you really need to go your ass to the doctor. I gotta go, you know what? I don't care that you don't wanna take your medicine. This is what you need to do. The, <laughs> how that happens is very much, you know, determined by our power exchange mm -hmm. and that goes back to the speak with respect always, but you don't 
delineate exactly what that means because in any given situation that might mean something different because I can be joking and sassy and you don't find that disrespectful today Mm -hmm. but tomorrow i can joke a little too hard and now we've gone into the the realm of disrespect but you can't create the rule that says you can never joke with me like that's not even that would not work for us no so no it wouldn't (laughs) i don't think that's uh, practical for most people you know if you say that there's an element of somebody's personality that they're literally not allowed to do because one time it pissed you off one, you're squashing somebody's personality. People are going to get upset. People are going to be unhappy. We're going to have repression and then we're going to have resentment. And then it's all, the wheels are going to fall off. But also it's one of those moments where know the spirit of the law more than the letter of the law. The spirit of the mm-hmm. law becomes more important than the letter of the law. So, yeah. What have you got next? Um, this, this is kind of a, a, a short point, but I think it's, it's one that needs bearing. Um, to the point each member of the team has to do their part oh yeah okay you know it's just not a matter of the master giving an order to or a task to the slave to complete Mm -hmm. Um, even the one in charge has a role to play Mm -hmm. that has to be done Mm -hmm. you know Otherwise, it breaks down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that is important, you know, because um, I, I think too much of the fantasy of this, especially for people coming in new, you know, they're, they're, you're watching, whether it's porn or you're reading erotica, you know, the, the big D barks in order and, and everybody jumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and it's not quite that simple, right? And and even if that's your preferred style, there are going to be times in life where it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Right. It's too much. It's not the right anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, for me, the next there is an entire section of multiple pages called the blame game. Yeah, highlighted multiple parts of this. Yeah. Um. So. I was talking about the blame game. I think if I'm remembering correctly, because it's now been several weeks since I read this, the summation of that, or the, let me back up, the premise of that section was on, well, what happens when things go wrong? Whether the dom screws up or the sub screws up, you know, who's to blame? And mm-hmm. the biggest point of their, this part of it is in a teamwork collaborative model, yes, sometimes, you need to figure out who screwed up and deal with that. But in general, it's not about being right. I think that my favorite one, was it in here? Um, ah, but maybe it's the first one. Maybe I'm thinking another one. The thing that comes to mind is um, it's not about being uh, right. It's about being um, effective. But right. um, this is the one that you have done and used with me in the past because there was a time when if something went wrong or if I screwed up, um, my first um, 
thought was to heap all of the blame on myself, a self-flagellation thing, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And I am now an awful person. I'm not an awful person. I'm a human who makes <laughs> mistakes. So it says a no blame model is also excellent for slaves who tend to fall into self-flagellation at any error. The master can just cut them off and say, it doesn't matter whose fault it was. We just need to figure out why it happened. And then we need to figure out what we're going to do so that it doesn't happen again. Yes. Yeah, because wasting time on pointing blame right. is is basically useless. Mm-hmm. It, it accomplishes nothing. And, you know, if you're truly operating as a team, mm-hmm. doesn't matter because it's not something that affected one person. It's affect, it affected the entire team. And, yes, what you need to do is, okay, we got here what is the best way to correct this and and move forward mm-hmm. and sometimes that correction will come that's when it comes down to okay you did or did not do a thing mm-hmm. you made a mistake somewhere how do we make sure you don't make this mistake right again? Uh, and this i think still goes hand in hand if you want to have a punishment model in your power exchange we have a punishment model in our power exchange mm-hmm. it's very very rare because i'm not trying to do anything wrong <laughs> um and because we actually default to this first. Punishment is not dealt out every time I screw up. You will immediately go, let's look at the full context of the situation. Mm-hmm. Did you have a migraine and both of us forgot that coffee pots have to be like dealt with at night? Okay, you're not in trouble because you had a migraine. You're not gonna get punished because you didn't do a thing while right. you were sick. Th- that And that, speaking of my migraines, actually leads to a really good section later in the book. But. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna look at, okay, what actually went wrong? Right. Oh, we didn't talk this through. Oh, this didn't happen. When punishment comes in, is those are the times when context is like, you knew what you were supposed to do and you didn't mm-hmm. communicate or you didn't do this, but that's when we do that. Now, I will also say with this one, I have seen her sick and she's been like, oh, I gotta do the coffee pot. And I'm like, no, you ain't got to do nothing. You need to go to bed. And she will argue with me that she needs to do her task. And I'm like, no, you need to listen to me and you need to go directly to bed. I'm getting better at that now. I'm like, Daddy, I have a migraine. But there's a coffee pot. And you're like, just go to bed. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I admire your tenacity in that for wanting to do your things but you know that is a time when i have made a decision you know no you are not physically up to performing this you need to take care of yourself so Mm -hmm. you get better Mm -hmm. you know and i think that the no blame model also think it also allows i don't know how to say this because so let me think out loud and we'll hopefully get somewhere (laughs) together you and i both (laughs) believe strongly that no dominant is infallible you absolutely can make mistakes and we also Mm -hmm. believe that dominants have to take responsibilities not just the responsibility of the relationship or you know being the dominant but also where you're gonna screw up because of course you are 
the no blame model when used in a relatively healthy situation, right? Like mm. no blame model does not work if one person never takes responsibility for anything um, or always blames, you know, the other person for their ineptitude. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is, uh, this does not work for that because there's an accountability and responsibility issue. Mm-hmm. The no blame model works I have found just in general, like in all the kinds of relationships I've had with people that have been the healthiest, when both partners or everybody involved are more than willing to take responsibility for where they screwed up. Um, So a no blame model does not mean to me that a dominant does not accept responsibility for what they could have done better Mm-hmm. It just means that we're not going to dwell on what did or did not happen. We're going to acknowledge, hmm, could have done that better, and then move forward and go, how do we correct this so it doesn't happen again? It acknowledges that mistakes are made. I think that the one thing that this model leaves out, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it can't happen. It just can't put include this within the definition of it, which is that sometimes you did screw up you, the Dom, you, the Mm -hmm. sub, whoever, and there might still need to be an apology for that. There might still need to be an ownership of, uh, I fucked that up, but that's not where we're going to spend all of our time. We're going to actually spend our time figuring it out for the future. And, and see, you know, with, with this blame game thing, you know, Owning responsibility is something that, that's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Um, talked about this in numerous episodes of, over the years. And trying to form some words here. I know the thought. I'm, I'm just trying to get it out. You know, a lot of that comes in how you react when somebody messes up mm-hmm. or makes a mistake which will then make them either more willing to accept responsibility or less. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if somebody screwed up and you're like, oh, man, that was you're stupid that, you know, what were you thinking? What, you know, you don't approach somebody like that. Mm-hmm. OK, you. Oh, look. Oh, you made a mistake. OK, we need to talk about this. We need to work through and see what we can do so it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. This was several pages after the initial thing that I read, but mm-hmm. it ties in perfectly. It says, "What are in talking about the, the blame game and, and a team work approach to fixing right. things. It says, well, what are we going to do about it? And yes, I mean, we mm-hmm. quit thinking about blame and start figuring out how we can prevent this in the future. We're a yes. team and the team made a mistake and the team is going to fix it. Now, if I recall the lens that they were discussing this through, especially with a master slave relationship was mm-hmm. in the power exchange, if the big D is the one who's in charge and ultimately responsible for all. Right. Right. Um, And I think that that is a nice fantasy to have, but when you have multiple people involved in anything, there is no one person who is genuinely truly responsible for everything. But as the leader, if that is your leadership style of, okay, buck stops here, 
you might have mm-hmm. done something that you should not have done, but you are a member of my team and I lead this team. So I am responsible for what you did, which is absolutely a way of thinking about power exchange. And we have absolutely talked yeah. about leadership styles and leadership mm-hmm. in past episodes as well. Then it makes sense from a Dom perspective in a team framework like this yep. that okay, yes, the little S messed up. The little S didn't do something they were supposed to do. The little S misunderstood what I wanted done, but whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe the the thing that went wrong originated or was conducted by the submissive, but in this kind of framework, the way they talk about it in this book was, yeah, well, me as the Dom, I should have, should I have explained it better? Should I have followed up better? It really is a we problem. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It can be a real mind fuck to go from thinking of yourself as just a full individual that is just out here, like, you know, raw dog in life on your own. Laughing <laughs> in the breeze, kind of. <laughs> to thinking of yourself as part of a team. And, and especially in power exchange, it's a bit of a mind frame shift. My words are hard today. Sorry, I hope I'm putting them in the right order together. Um, because it is no longer, well, I screwed up as a submissive, which is what I want to do. I'm going to go, mm-hmm. I forgot that. I messed up. And when you come back at me and go, but wait, I sh- I knew you had a headache. I knew that you were this. I knew that this happened. I could have handled that better too. What we're both saying when we're both addressing the problem together and talking about what we as individuals did wrong is we're actually saying we messed this up. Yeah. And I know somebody who uh, is, we talked about this last week, recovering perfectionist, um, (laughs) who does not like making mistakes. I find it physically painful to make a mistake. It is a very, and I'm the submissive who wants to be the good girl and wants and thinks you, you know, hung the fucking moon. It is very difficult for me even now to hear you look at a situation where I think I messed up and go, actually, this is what I could have done better. This is where I you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But also as a person who was raised not well to dwell on where I've screwed up or where things have gone wrong. It is both refreshing and very weird that you better than I am able to go, okay, that's the problem. Yes, let's have a quick acknowledgement of where mm-hmm. the mess up happened. And now let us move on. We're going to fix right. it. We're going to make sure it doesn't happen in the future. We're going to repair whatever needs, whatever, whatever, whatever. But we're not actually dwelling on this. We are dealing with it and right. moving on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, you mean you don't have to wallow in your own self-flagellation about how you're a terrible person because you forgot to put the K-cup in the Keurig? Like, I thought there had to be a week of silent treatment over this. That says a lot about my childhood. I should... I need to go back to therapy. Um, <laughs> what do you mean I don't have to replay this incident in my head for the next six months and think to myself that I'm an awful human being because I screwed up this one time and that my entire um, being and my, my worthiness of love and affection is tied to that one mistake. It. I mean, if you are a person, if any of what I just said resonates with you, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I'll see you at the therapist's office together. And also this kind of attitude, it is difficult. It is weird because mm-hmm. you're like, this, this isn't what we do. What do you, what do you mean? We're not going to dwell. But also if you can get comfortable with it and you can get used to it and you can go, yeah, the, this works because it does work. 
you know, yeah. assuming a relatively healthy, happy relationship to begin with. If there are toxic issues from coming from one person or both, none of this is going to fucking matter. It's just, it's just mm -hmm. not going to work. But if the idea that one person is the all-knowing, all-powerful genie who just issues, you know, wishes and commands, and the other person, my metaphor falls apart when I say genie, but y'all know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And the other person just, you know, serves, and, and there's no, there's none of this collaboration. I, you know, if that doesn't work for you, I think some of this is gonna resonate, even if it's really hard, even if you are a person who struggles with, what do you mean we can just let an oopsie go and fix it and move forward with our lives? Right. And see, that, that kind of falls into another point that I have here where it says, it is important not only to include the slave in the brainstorming process, but to make them feel like their input is desired and taken into account. You get a lot more out of me when I feel like I'm listened to. Right. You get a lot less, a yeah. lot less out of me mm -hmm. if I feel like my opinion has no merit and no place in the conversation. Absolutely. It is much easier to buy into whatever the rule is, whatever the task is, whatever the change is, whatever the direction is, when I've had my say. And we've talked yeah. about that before and might've been the teamwork episode, might be other episodes. When I feel heard and listened to, even if you don't take my advice, even if we don't go that direction, I at least know I said what I needed to say and it was heard with respect. And there is right. a difference in somebody letting you say something and it clearly going over their head and they're not taking it in at all versus, okay, I wanna hear your opinion. Tell me what mm -hmm. you know. Let me think about this, let me go away. And because one, my experience with you tends to be you almost never go, no, we're not doing any of that at all. You will actually take the parts of a suggestion I have that you really like or that you think right. will fit and we might reject the rest. That is hard as a person who likes to get her way. I am a contradiction, okay? I understand. I want to be the total good girl who makes you perfectly happy. Also, I wanna have my own fucking life, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I contain multitudes. Um, <laughs> and. You know, to go from being a highly independent human being who's out here like surviving on her own to being in a relationship where I basically say, yeah, sure, your word can be law. Um, can I help write the law? Um, mm -hmm. it, it was a shift for me, but I think the part of the reason I was able to make that shift is because you've always made me feel hurt. I never feel right. silenced. I never feel like my opinion does not matter or count. I have never watched you take what I would consider good advice and toss it because you're the dom and you you know everything and what you say goes like that sort of arrogance and hubris like you've never brought that energy thank god couldn't <laughs> couldn't deal with it if you did um you'll try it as a joke every once in a while i'm like oh, oh that's that's an active turnoff okay uh, <laughs> and i i do think that especially if you've had it major parts of your life where you know you were not listened to, you know what it feels like when somebody's really hearing you, mm -hmm. even if they still disagree. Part of our power exchange, I've had to, I've not had to learn how to have people disagree with me as something, you know, we all experience at very early ages throughout our life. But I had to learn how to hear somebody disagree with me respectfully. And that was mm -hmm. new, like I had been disagreed with, but usually I had been 
shoved to the side. I'd been disregarded, you know, whether, whether it was um, sexism, whether it was parent to child where you're being raised by parents, a parent at least who was like, oh, well, you're a child, you know nothing, your opinion counts for nothing. You know, all that dismissive stuff. Mm-hmm. It was an adjustment period to learn how to be listened to, know that I was genuinely being listened to, even if my suggestions were not, because prior to this kind of relationship, the way I felt valued was if you agreed with me and let's do what I wanna do, which the thing about being submissive for me, I know this is not always true for everybody, is that I don't want it to always be what I want. Yes, I always wanna do what I wanna do, okay? I'm a baby girl. But ultimately in the power exchange, I want you to decide what we're going to do. I want you to be in charge. And it if, can't be one-sided or it's not gonna, not no, gonna work No, and if it's term. always what I want, then am I really being the submissive? Probably not. Yeah. And so, yes, I want what I want, but learning how to have that collaboration and not get what I want but still feel valued in the process, mind blowing, mind blowing, <laughs> mind blowing. So within that section, this was, I would say, this was a very meaningful section to us. Mm-hmm. There were um, two sections that I'm trying to decide. I don't know if we want to do, uh, I'm going to read it all. It's kind of a long quote. It talks about hope. Okay. So um, I got this in two different sections. We're going to mush them together. So just as it is the master's job to set the long-term goals, it is also their job to sustain hope in the achievement of those long-term goals and to model that hope and belief for the slave to follow. If the goals do turn out to be less than achievable, the master's job is not to give up, but to choose alternate goals that actually are achievable. Actively making a different mm-hmm. choice is not the same as losing hope and giving up. It's taking action in the face of new information. However, if the master slumps into hopelessness and apathy, the slave will generally follow, that is true, or at least go into a tailspin of panic, that is also true. Hope is not also not the same thing as optimism. Optimism is a day-to-day attitude. Hope is a long-term attitude. A master can be pessimistic on a daily basis, yet still hold out hope for the long-term goals. In fact, it's often the slave's job to provide short-term optimism if they are any good at it. Masters need to have a strong belief in their own goals and the hope necessary to keep struggling in the face of difficulty. This blew my mind because part of me is like, as a person who is both hopeful and optimistic, I'm like, I don't need nobody else to be hopeful. I got this, I'm gonna be hopeful. But you, the, you absolutely are, the one who can keep hope going, even when you're in a, when you do hit pessimism, like you're not, you are not as optimistic as I am. You are actually a lot more skeptical than I am. I have to remind myself to ask questions (laughs) and to not see everything through rose colored glasses. You're not a total pessimist. Um, You are more optimistic than some people I know, but but not as optimistic as I am. Part of me struggled a little bit with this, but I also get it as the master or the, the dominant, being the keeper of the long-term goals. Look, I am a goal-oriented person and I got one of those roll scrolls of paper that would like roll out a door. It's so fucking long with goals. It just ha- so happens that my <laughs> long-term goals align with your long-term right. goals. This might be the, that one little bit about the long-term goals might be the one place where I go, well, that's definitely not a universal because 
you decide if our long-term goals are worth it, but I'm usually the one going here. I got I got about 85 goals. Will you consider them and tell me which one we're gonna go for? True. Um, <laughs> but I would reinterpret that part to go, to, to change it a bit to say maybe that as the dominant, you are in ch- charge and you are the keeper of the path we're taking, the direction, where we're trying to get to. Mm. What that looks like, that in, in our relationship at least, that's definitely coming for me. I've got ideas. Obviously when you have ideas, of course we take those on, we talk about them. But right. if we're gonna like do a scale measurement of where the long-term goal ideas are coming from, I'm the factory yeah. for that. But you are the keeper of that. You are the one that will certainly keep us on course if, and this is what I really liked about this passage, if it still makes sense to be on that path. True. You know, the I think the idea of going that we are not achieving that goal and trying to get there is actually wrecking things and harming things and this is actually not good. And okay, let's switch goals and not considering that a failure, but saying, okay, the long-term goal is a happy, healthy power exchange relationship. The path we're taking to get there, we need, we need to try a new path. Like here's a fork on the road, let's go this way instead and not internalizing that as a failure, that's a skill not a lot of people have. I myself have struggled with that. What do you mean this goal I've been actively working towards for however long, I'm definitely Mm. not achieving it. Oh, if I stop working towards that goal and start working towards something else, I haven't, that's not a a moral failing of some sort. No, and I think there is a big difference and people have, a hard time reckoning this, there is a huge difference between giving up mm-hmm. and knowing when it is time to truly give up on something. Right, to do something different. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if if as a dominant, you're the head of that relationship, you're steering things along, you're assuming the responsibility of it all, then Yes, that decision lies with you. Look, we've, we've been trying this. It is not working. In a, put air quotes on this word, stricter power exchange, like as is relayed in this book of master slave, the slave is, you know, the idea being the slave will give their input if necessary, but mostly go, okay, over here <laughs> in this Danny Dom baby girl <laughs> thing, we're going to get to me going, Okay, if that, you know, that's what you say we need to do. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna be quick or easy. I'm a, we're gonna have to talk about it because I'm gonna have thoughts and I'm gonna need to process. I'm gonna need to process with you listening to me verbally process. And it might be a 30 minute conversation. It might be a month before I can come around to, yes, you were right, let's, we'll go in this new direction. Um, I think that's where some of the, the differences lie with different relationships and different dynamics because in maybe a master slave, there's, less of a chance of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But again, it still falls back on feeling heard. Right. You know, collaborating and you knowing that we're going to get to this point. You know me at this, at, at, after all these years, you know I'm going to come around or you're going to be presented with information that you're willing to consider and go, okay, maybe there's a third way. Right. Or maybe there's a, a reason to give more time for this. Um, and that's the power of that, of knowing that I have that ability to speak up and let you know what I think, but also that I have the ability to not resist your will as the dominant, but to have the freedom to go, I- I've got to process this because my initial reaction is no, 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 no. 
but not in a disrespectful way, not in a way that takes us out of our power exchange, Mm -hmm. but just in a way that's like, this is how I work through stuff. And you respect that. And you're like, I'm gonna let you be who you are within the bounds of what we've agreed to within our power exchange. But eventually this train is moving in this direction. Get on board. Come on, let's go. Um, (laughs) And that I think is yet, you know, Another reason, 1,355,000 why collaboration works best. Right. I could not be in a power exchange where I didn't feel like I had a voice. It just, yeah. I'm, I want to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. but I want to want to do what you want to sure. do, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, so have you got another one? Nope, not in that. No, just oh. in general. Oh, just in general? Yeah. Um, you know, going in... From here, I moved into the the behavior modification part three of the book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and in all honesty, I really didn't highlight a whole lot in here. Yeah, um, mainly to the effect we have talked about this in the past, mm-hmm. and and a lot of what is in here as I'm reading it, I'm just kind of yeah yeah. This is all stuff we've, you know, what we've talked about. We've touched on a lot of this part of it. Um, so, you know, yeah, I didn't really go into a whole lot in this. I highlighted one thing, and mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of discussion to be had because I'm like, yeah, I think this is because, but I, I'll read it just as a, okay. a point. It says behavior modification should be seen by both parties as being useful and both parties should be equally committed to the idea. It's not enough for the master to right. believe that it's worthwhile. The slave too has to be on board with it. All types of training should be seen by the slave as useful, even when they are difficult. A slave who doesn't like the idea of becoming someone who is more effective at their position and more pleasing to their master may lack commitment to the relationship or may have deep damage to their self-esteem and their ability to believe and change for the better, especially for themselves. I think yeah. that just sums up if behavior behavior modification can look like a lot of things it could look like submissive Mm -hmm. training it can look like um a very specific thing that you want to do within your power exchange that you know would never work outside of any other like part of life it could be for something that's very much in a kink scene kind of way it can be like it can be all kinds of things like you're want somebody to do something different than they would normally do it or that they have mm-hmm. previously learned to do it. Um, we tend to talk about it more as a training kind of thing. Yeah. And I think the ultimate crux and of it here is both folks got to be on board ab- with it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can lead your horse to water, but if that horse doesn't want to drink, ain't right. nothing going to make that horse drink no matter how badly you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to something like, like behavior modification, all parties have to be on board. Um, you know, if you're trying to force somebody to do something they don't want to do, it's going to fail miserably and it's going to make everybody miserable. Yeah. And the idea that the submissive should want to do it specifically because their dominant wants it. Mm-mm. Sometimes that'll work well, at least short term, but that's not a long term solution. No. Especially no, no. if we're, we're actively talking about changing, you know, either a single major thing about yourself or lots of little things or any combination of the two, that is, that's not a long-term plan at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the next section, I did not highlight a lot, but I highlighted several things. Okay. Um, the This is where I think I mentioned this earlier. I don't know how much you've got. Being right versus being effective. There's a whole section on this. Mm. And you know, it's funny. I think I can understand them focusing on this when talking about master-slave dynamics because 
that type of dominant typically, there are always exceptions to this, typically they are a, my word is law kind of dynamic. Yeah. And that's fine. But if you cannot admit that sometimes your law is wrong or your word was wrong, then we gonna have some issues. Um, I'll just go down a couple of quick, cause I did some really quick okay. ones. First of all, teamwork is behavior modification is a line. I was like, you know, that's right. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to be effective than to be right. I have a couple of times, mm. um, this is a, a slight differentiation of things I've said to you. Actually, I've said this in terms of parenting, not in our relationship, true, true. where I said, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you have, and, uh, you have. Sometimes you wanted to be right and fuck happiness. Um, <laughs> a few times you went, I would rather be happy. Yeah. Okay, then we don't need yeah. to be technically correct. But it's also true. Do you want to be effective in your power exchange, in your relationship, in the goals you're trying to achieve? Or do you be, want to be the one who was correct about that thing that the other person said we shouldn't do, couldn't do, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this one really, res- there's a lot here, but this I'm going to st- stop here. Um, this one really resonated. A master's authority is not based on them being flawless. It's based on that slave deciding that this master's judgment is good enough overall to be worth following. Yes, yes. That that was something that, that I had highlighted myself that strongly resonated with me. And and there's the uh I, I that's the whole key mm-hmm. to it all. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make yourself worthy of being followed mm-hmm. and i think i know worthiness is going to be subjective True. somebody some other dom out there is absolutely worthy of their submissives submission mm-hmm. and i would be like oh no 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 not touching that with a 10-foot pole and that's okay you know um your way of dominating your way of expressing yourself in power exchange of moving through this world will not resonate with everybody who is mm-hmm. submissive and that is okay it's not about are you you know capital g good in terms of what the outside world looking in would think it's about how we are relating to one another mm-hmm. and what you've done on an individual level that gives me the comfort of going yeah this person's worthy of submitting to and everybody will have their own criteria. Everybody will have their own way of judging it. Sometimes it'll be, it won't be something that you can clearly um, enunciate. It's not the word I want, but it's the only one that's coming to mind. Words are hard today, <laughs> but it won't be the one that you, you can easily define. It might be a feeling or a vibe. I can tell you some of what you've done over the years. There's what you did in the beginning. And then there's what you've done over the years that reinforces what I thought in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, admitting when you're wrong. It's listening to me, even when I know you disagree with me. It's doing your best, even though sometimes it doesn't work out, to stay calm in the heat of the moment. It's taking my concerns, my fears, my whatever's seriously even when you are like, I don't know what the problem is here. I, she's a crazy lady, but she's my crazy lady. So, okay. I like, signed up for the crazy. So like, I get that 
all the anxieties <laughs> I carry with around with me and I have to like function through daily, most of them don't make any fucking sense to you. You're like, I, why, why are you scared of your own phone? Just cause it's ringing? You're like, what? But you, you don't have to have experienced something. You don't have to understand something to respect the fact that I experience it and I understand the world that way. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Does he get frustrated when um, you're like, this could have been resolved with a 30 second phone call, but you spent four hours online trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, yeah, not make that 30 second phone I call. I do get frustrated. He sometimes. gets frustrated. <laughs> but you, you know, you accept those things about me. If you mm-hmm. could not have accepted those things about me, we could not be in a relationship, right. you know, but also you'll tell me the hard stuff. You'll tell me stuff I don't want to hear. And most of the time you'll tell me in such a way that it's less difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to hear that I'm being bratty. I don't want to hear that you don't want to do this thing I want to do. I don't want to hear that you don't like my brilliant idea of how we're going to conquer the world. Like, I don't want to hear that. But it goes back to in that case, I know I was heard. I know you took that in, processed it through your more healthy brain and came out with a different solution or went, I see what you're saying. I understand. I can even tell it back to you, but we're going to reject it. And here's why you You've always treated me like a fully functioning, intelligent adult human being and not like, have you treated me like an object when it's kinky and sexy? Of course, I like that about you. (laughs) But in the relationship, it's not your way to the highway. It's not you were the king of all, you know, it is has always been an us thing. Correct. And ultimately you said this from the very, very beginning when we were still like in the friend stage of, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. And the same is true. I just want you to be happy. And I think that that is not a fix for every relationship I, issue. I can't be happy. I'm a grumpy polar bear and that's all there is to it. I know how to make you happy. <laughs> um, that is not appropriate for YouTube or the podcast maybe, but not for YouTube. Um, but I've always been a member of this team. Like you've always had that team yeah aspect that collaborative aspect and your happiness is as important to me as my happiness is to you and that's always been communicated so can i follow you even when i'm like what the fuck is this man doing this is not the decision i would make i see 85 other ways of doing this but you've earned the right yeah you've earned the right you earned it in the beginning and And, you kept earning it every day and i have learned with you which was something you've had a very hard time working on in the in the past you're doing better on it now you know when when i'm doing something and you'd be like oh no you should be doing it this way mm-hmm. but baby girl all roads lead to rome look i you know get... my way works <laughs> 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 i know my way works i'm just saying okay okay, okay. do you have any others no. that you okay because there's one section i'm actually bypassing several highlights there's okay. one section i absolutely want to get to right. and it's towards the end and it's where i had the most highlights i will not read all of these highlights y'all <laughs> but it is the way they titled the section is called when someone has an impairment mm. this could be mental this could be physical this could be emotional whatever yeah so um there is incorrectly a thinking that if one 
or both partners, especially in power exchange, have some sort of, as they say, impairment, whether it's a disability or something else, that they cannot make a good submissive, they cannot make a good dominant. This is bullshit, we have said this is bullshit, we will keep saying this is bullshit. In power exchange, it's gonna look like a lot of different ways, the way you navigate that. In, In previous episodes where we've talked about my mental health, we've talked about, very specifically, you. 99.9% of the time, you cannot dom me out of anxiety. If I'm in that spiral, if Mm -hmm. that's where my head is at, there's no big D voice on the planet I'm going to fucking listen to. It's not going to work. We did try that early on. And it was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bad idea, bad idea. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes you got to try it until you know. Right. But it doesn't mean... And uh, let me back up. See, words are hard. The case they make in this book, and I agree with, and would not have put it this eloquently, I guess, is that actually I think the teamwork method is more important in power exchange if Mm -hmm. somebody has a chronic condition or issue that they have to deal with. How that looks will depend on which side of the slash Mm -hmm. you're on. So, um, some some words of wisdom. one, part of taking responsibility for one's part in the relationship is taking responsibility for one's physical and mental glitches. I like that, glitches. Yeah. Like, you can't fix it. You, you're you living with this condition. but And we've talked about this before. But you have to own it to the best of your ability and take care of yourself in the way that you have access to take care of yourself. Is that medication? Right. Is that therapy? Is that, you know, what is that? You, you need to do it, right? Um, then they say, whether some of these impairments can eventually be overcome is irrelevant to the present moment. They must be compensated for rather than be denied while they still exist. This includes masters as well as slaves being realistic about their problems and building compensatory mechanisms into the team protocol for those as well. It's, you know, the rule in our relationship is I do a certain set of tasks every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the reality is, is that I get migraines minimum of once a month, uh, bad cycle maybe two or three times a month. I have taught myself, I'm not, I don't think I, this is something to be proud of, but I know a lot of people do this. I know how to work through a lot of pain. Have been doing it my whole life. Didn't know I had migraines for years because I was like, mm, I'm not puking, so clearly I'm fine. It's just a bad headache. Um, but there comes a point even I go, can't can't do it, won't do it. Right. The rule can't be that I have to do this set of tasks every day without fail, no matter what happens, especially if we know that I get migraines and I might not know I'm get, when I'm gonna get a migraine. Most of the time I don't, they just kind of appear. So we've built in the, and we've talked about this before, I did not think about it as our teamwork collaboration kind of thing of, my job is to tell you how I'm feeling. Correct. I My job is not to power through and grit my teeth and never admit that I don't feel good. Because one, that serves no fucking body. Right. Uh, it's poor communication. But two, if I don't tell you, hi, we're in Migraine City today, you will have an expectation of what you think I'm supposed to do. That's right. But if you know I have a migraine, you're not gonna expect me to get these things done. You're gonna step in and do them for me. We're gonna be more lenient. I might have to go, hey, you know, there's that thing I said I would do today. I not literally cannot. Right. You know, it it fits in all parts 
different parts of power exchange to communicate your health issues or communicate how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But that is the expectation that has that I have to know is there that I have to say something. And how did we come to this point? Not because we like sprung from the ground just knowing this shit. It was because there were too many times where I didn't say something. And then you were like, mm-hmm. if I had known you weren't feeling well, if I had known this was going on, we would have done something different. How You have right. to tell me these things. So, and that, that kind of leads me to something that I want to say about teamwork just in general. You know, when someone says teamwork, you have this, you know, in, in this case, a, a, a DS relationship, you know, two people um, kind of going side by side, doing their thing and, and working as as a team Mm -hmm. and you know what it is not always like that um there are times in in our in our ds in our relationship in general when i have to carry you Mm -hmm. there are times in our relationship when you have had to carry me and you know what's funny and i think this is true on either side of the slash because it just depends on what you've been through and how you look at life when i'm carrying you I'm serving. This is easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy, but it's like, of course, this is what I'm here for. This is what I do. Yeah. We talked a couple episodes ago when we were talking about stressors that we've gone through that I did. I have burned out a little bit. I'm like on the verge of it and it's harder to serve mm-hmm. in those moments, but it is, it's like, it's my calling. It's my purpose. Like I, I get behind it and I struggle on the other side with you taking care of me and you carrying me because, but I serve, I take care of, except the way you view dominance is, and your dominance with me is that you do take care of me. Right. Well, it's not always leading and spouting orders. Sometimes it's, you know, I'll guide you. I'll be the right. one. I'll get mm-hmm. us across mm-hmm. the finish line as a poor right. metaphor. And and it's like that no matter how you model your relationship, whether you're two people, three people, or, or you know, whatever, there is going to come a point where one is going to have to carry the other mm-hmm. in in some way and that's just how it is mm-hmm. yeah and if you if if the idea of that like freaks you out or feels completely wrong and foreign and you're like no 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 that can never be allowed i'm gonna say you're not ready for a long-term relationship with any other human being mm-hmm. regardless of your dynamic because that's the nature of being in relationships with people yeah. hell it's you know being in a relationship with you know being a dog being a dog owner you know having fur babies yeah. yes they provide us with countless joy but also sometimes my job is to force a pill down their throat right, <laughs> right. Yeah. and and they can't fill me with joy because i'm cleaning up their shit off the Long floor right, right? Yeah. like if we can do it for you know like there's no interaction with another being where it will always be everything you want and you don't have to give of yourself like right. it just doesn't it doesn't right. work that way no. what the give and take of it what the carrying the load of it looks like is highly unique to all of us and depends on our relationships depends on how we set those up depends on what the other person needs um but it's gonna it's gonna happen it's gonna happen mm-hmm. um i want to end um with this because it this final longer quote from the book it's in the when someone has an impairment section, but I really think it, it is kind of a, it kind of encapsulates how your dominance over me has evolved over the years. And I think it sort of encapsulates some of the 
the comfort and potential beauty of a long-term relationship when you're together long enough for this to happen. So remember the context here is we're talking about there's an impairment of some sort. There's a disability or a chronic condition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One way to handle things is to get the slave colluding on getting the master to a point of skill with regard to the situation. The master can say, I intend to make myself such an expert on you and your problems that I know them better than you do and will be at least as effective in making decisions on them as you are and hopefully more so. And you're going to help me to become that expert in any way that we can figure out. It then becomes a team project with everyone on board with the eventual goal of the slave falling comfortably into that place of trust because they helped it happen. So a couple things, context for this. They were talking about when somebody has a disability or a chronic condition, you as the little s, the dominant can automatically come in and just decide what that person needs to do because they don't know their body. They don't necessarily know their needs. Those things have to be communicated to. And sometimes that means that your DS takes a bit of a back seat while a person goes through what they need to go through to get back to whatever the the baseline typically is or to find their new baseline or whatever. Um, Because recovery is not usually like in this case, we're not talking about recovery. We're talking about just trying to get back to whatever our normal is. Um, And so in this case, within this book where they're talking about master-slave dynamics and being the type of master who's like, I don't want, I don't, I don't, I hate the idea of the slave telling me what's supposed to happen. One, this was the reminder that sometimes you have to, you have to let them because they're gonna know better Mm -hmm. than you do. But two, then it's like, okay, I'm gonna learn about this so well. I'm gonna learn about you so well that you don't have to do that. I'll know what the options are and you will help me know you that well. But what I like about this quote is not just in that context of of disability and and chronic illness and stuff, but in our relationship, there are times when it feels like you know me better than I do. Mm -hmm. And And vice versa. Yes, and that is just, there's a lot, a lot of things to that. There's the fact that we've been together for so long. There's primarily our communication habits, but right. also our powers of observation. We pay attention to one another and we take sure. in that information and we store it away for future use. But in this case, this kind of encapsulates how any kind of power exchange dynamic can work with a team or collaborative framework because you as the dominant can still have as much control as your submissive will consent to allow you, of course, mm-hmm. but can, you can have a lot of control in a relationship, even with this, with, uh, with it being built upon teamwork, because you take the time, one, to get to know your partner so well, you know what works for them, and your partner is helping you do that, whether that's as an act of service or just as an act of submission, and it, then it, it ties into long-term goals. If the long-term goal is for you to understand, let's say my anxiety mm-hmm. so well that you know what the effective solutions are and can suggest them or we can, you know, you know what to go to because you've you've learned from me and I've shared that information with you and you have been observant and we have communicated and, and, and you know, and we've built that yeah. trust then you can have sort of this total power exchange and still collaborate with one another. Yeah. And that can be through impairment. That can be just through day-to-day life. That can be through parenting. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know that my partner 
handles dealing with sick kids this way, deals with whiny kids this way, deals with tired kids. I know what those options are. I know what that looks like. So I know what to tell them that they're supposed to do. I know how to handle this situation, air quote, for them as their dominant, because I have taken it upon myself to learn it so that I can do it. And I, none of that's a quick thing. That's a time thing. Cause it's not going to happen overnight. You are not going to decide no. today that you want to learn everything you can about this thing about your partner. So you can make those decisions for them, assuming they consent tomorrow. Like it, no, we're talking I'm years. I'm still learning. <laughs> it, it doesn't help that I'm a person who will claim that I hate change. And then on a semi-regular basis, change everything. I want to change everything up. Right. Including how I handle things. Partly because I am also that Sorry. person who's like, Oh, did I learn something new? Did I learn a new method? Did I learn a new way? Did I learn a new this? Okay, well, let's implement that. And I'm, I'll take on what I learned. Yeah. So uh, good luck keeping up with that. <laughs> <laughs> but also I think that's a good reminder Excuse that you me. can want to do that. You can want to learn everything there is to know about this thing your partner deals with and the best courses of action for them so that yeah. you can decide what needs to happen. And it will will be an ongoing lifelong challenge. You mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you may never learn everything. You just learn enough to where you can actually use your, in this case, we're talking about, you can use your dominance effectively, yeah. even in those moments where at a, a previous point in the relationship, the DS actually had to take a, a step back. Yeah. I would say that I use my submission that way. When we came up with the tough love clause, where if I saw that mm -hmm. you need to go to a doctor, you need to take some medicine, you were fighting, taking care of yourself, I could step in and firmly tell you what you needed to do or make on some level decisions for you. Right. We actually built that in so that I could learn enough about what your needs are, your health needs are, that if you would not do what you needed to do, I could do what you needed to do, needed to be done for you and call True. that service, and it is service, mm -hmm. um, without upsetting the delicate balance of power exchange. Right. Um, when we did that, what we knew about each other's health was neither of us ever went to a doctor, but this one could be actively bleeding, falling down, body parts falling off, and you'd be like, ah! rub some dirt in it um <laughs> and so we needed to make that rule we did not at that time i did not have mental health diagnoses i did not know i was getting migraines i did not know a lot about mm -hmm. myself because i just didn't go to a doctor that was the easy way to not have to worry about anything um and so now we're years into our relationship and you were learning you're playing catch up to a certain yeah. degree whereas we built this in mm. on my part into our relationship early right. on yep so, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot for a, such a short read. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. Yes. And yes, it's written through a master slave lens, but I think it, it, the general gist of it, the, the, the meat and potatoes of mm -hmm. it can, can be applied. Especially if you have previously had dynamics where it was, I put air quotes on this word, strict, right? Like high protocols, mm -hmm. high expectations. You don't want to hear sass. You don't want to hear back talk. <laughs> you're not here for the partner finding loopholes. Like you, you've got that kind of mindset if you're, but you want a more collaborative feel. I think even if you don't use the, the terms or the, have the dynamic of a master slave, I think you're gonna, f 
you might even relate to that better. <laughs> if you are more like JB and myself, where it's very loose to Casey and you're like, but I can't <laughs> always tell that you're submissive at all uh, upon observation. I think there's still plenty there. I think for, for me, what it does is it validates our ideas on teamwork and our conversation from 2019. The book definitely predates our epitomies <laughs> on epitome. No, not epitome. What's the word? There's a word and I can't leave it. Our, it's when you have a sudden uh, idea, a sudden oh, realization. Those. Epiphany. Epiphany. Oh my God. Words are so hard. <laughs> it predates us. Uh, the book came out in 2013. Um, as a reminder, if you're interested in the book, uh, links are in the places, yeah. uh, both in Amazon it, and non-Amazon. It is a good book. It, it's well worth the read. Um, I I enjoyed it. It is a short read, but oh my gosh, it it there is a lot in a little. Yeah, they are the opposite of us. Uh, <laughs> they said a lot with a few words. The title, as a reminder, is called "Building the Team: Cooperative Power Dynamic Relationships" by Raven Caldera and Joshua Tenpenny. Um, so yeah, that that's <laughs> and then the live chats like it's epiphany, epiphany, epiphany. Thank you. I know poor podcast it's a light listeners. bulb. <laughs> <laughs> podcast listeners were yelling at their, at their phone or wherever right. you're listening sorry y'all yeah. it's yeah it's right. it's been a rough day so that is our conversation on yeah. that um like i said if you are interested in our original thoughts before we ever read this on teamwork and how we see it in our relationship uh, i was probably more eloquent in that one uh link to that is in the places as well it's an episode from 2019 and um mm. i guess we'll we'll do a bonus section now and where mm. i will be no more hopefully not less articulate <laughs> than i am right now <laughs> all right so are we good i don't know it's not for me to say okay keep, keep it, it kinky y'all we'll see you next week Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets? You've been doing that for an hour and 17 minutes. What do you know? I've been talking to you for an hour and 17 minutes. Oh, oh, I, I, okay. Hmm. And you've been talking back. That will not stop randos on the internet from um, all caps yelling in comments for me to shut up and just let you talk. Yes, that happens. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, mm, mm. You, you did have, you know, stuff to say. Yeah. And you do. Every once in a while I do. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I'm the, I am the quiet one. It's why we work. Because I'm... <laughs> look, when I get quiet, that's when you know to go, is everything okay? <laughs> like... Are, are you doing okay? It's it's quiet in here. And when I do speak, then it's that's like, when you know. Oh shit! Is better he okay? pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> we work, okay? Right. We don't right. have to make sense to anybody else. By the way, so. may I talk to the cricket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, had you thought you I had, had not... you distracted there for a bit? No, oh, I've okay. been holding that thought in my head, going, "Remember to come back to that." Okay. But I had to let this play out. <laughs> Go ahead. You can talk to the cricket. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> I got nothing to say. I just wanted the permission. <laughs>
The cats are fine. <laughs> the dog is fine. <sighs> we, <laughs> the kids are home from school for the summer. <laughs> we had a bit of family potential drama over the weekend that like fizzled out. Um, not because the drama went away, but because uh, the people pleasing in, in, in me is genetic. My mother is a consummate people pleaser as well. And sometimes I think that is to her own detriment. Hmm. But so like, I, mm, mm, I got nothing. Which, what have you got? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm moseying along. Yeah, we're really boring right now. <laughs> I, I was saying this at the during the butt rub portion of the live stream. Sorry, podcast listeners, you missed that part. If you ever want to hear the butt rub, you can just watch the video just for like the first 10 minutes. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I've been in a really weird headspace about what we do with the podcast and the videos with Loving BDSM. Not that mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I just don't want to make anybody think that. Um, but I have not come back from a, the extended unplanned break, like with bells on, like I thought I would, I thought I'd be super eager and like chomping at the bit and let's go and do this. And actually I've been like, "Mm." (laughs) Uh, I do think it means that we need to tweak some things and make some changes. I think I'm in that cycle of, we've been doing it like this for so long. Time to shake things up a little bit. Time to shake things up. I have some ideas. We haven't Mm -hmm. talked to them about with you about. Um, yeah, and I've had a few thoughts about things too. And yeah, you know, um, so. I'm I'm in a I'm still somewhat in a, in a strange place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny when I came home, I pretty much parked myself on the sofa and just binged shows. And now I've moved away from that. I haven't sat on the sofa in front of the TV other than mm-hmm. family movie night for a while and and i'm just kind of um you know doing stuff i i have a a lot of things um going on in my head um because i i still have so much going on Mm -hmm. um there has been dealings with life insurance companies um now probate attorneys and um you know, it it's fun stuff. <laughs> well, and no sarcasm, please. <laughs> and the funeral service for your mom happened oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. And because of some stuff that happened that we won't go into, the am I saying the word right? The internment of her urn. She was, had to be postponed. Had to be postponed. Le- half hour before the service. Found out it was postponed. Yeah. Um, it has been rescheduled for June thirteenth. So, like, I don't personally and this is a personal thing everybody will see this differently mm-hmm. i don't think that funerals funeral services celebrations of life things like that are automatically and always closure mm-hmm. but i do think that they can sort of serve as the the ending of a specific chapter of a situation um right they give you something to move forward from and <laughs> because of things that went down your ending of that particular chapter has been delayed it's, it's been stretched out over a month at it, this point. it's it's kind of been hung some some aspects of it have been hung in limbo yes yeah yeah so that's you know because you always like okay had the service had the moment had the time with friends and family 
you know, as was mm-hmm. appropriate, as as worked for what y'all wanted to do. Right. But didn't get to go, okay, that is done now. There was still like this moment hanging that you knew you had to come back to. Right. And even if it's in a slightly lesser way or to a lesser degree, put yourself back in the headspace of this is what we're dealing with today. Right. In terms of, you know, yeah. death of a loved one. Yep. So, that, yeah, like I'm uh, part of me has been like, I would not can't expect somebody to, you know, oh, there goes my stomach ground. Can't <laughs> expect somebody to sort of turn a switch or go back to being whatever, whatever after something like this. But in my mind, I haven't been expecting forward movement. And, and in my mind, I kind of said, I'm going to wait till the, the services are complete when the when that entire process is done. Mm-hmm. Because it's not closure in my mind, but it, it is the, now you go to a next step of these right. things kind of deal. And you haven't had that Mm-mm. opportunity yet. No, no. So... But um, yeah, I'm I'm you know just kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, doing doing what I can. You have laughed um, more and probably and, and been silly more in probably the past week than yeah, you had been before. I'm it's I'm nice. starting to sleep better. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I'm very grateful for. Oh, my gosh. Ironic, because apparently we switched positions. I'm starting to sleep worse. I don't have a reason for yeah. it. Like, like you have a known, like, mm-hmm. here's my reason. I don't have that, but we're trading. Yeah. Yay. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of uh, a boring transition at the moment for us but you know boring is okay yeah sometimes it's nice to just sit quietly for a minute not not have any (laughs) not not have any you know anything chaotic going on yeah yeah it's not a bad thing we Mm -hmm. it's okay to just yeah (laughs) breathe just breathe. breathe even though after so many weeks and months really the past year 365 days essentially mm-hmm. has been marked with a lot of a lot of stuff going on I, it feels a little strange to just sit quietly and be yeah. a little bit bored yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 um yeah oh um it's june 1st day of the stream day that we're recording happy pride Mike. happy pride yeah um Sure, we look like a straight couple. We're not. Uh, <laughs> but even if we were straight, you could still say happy pride. We, I'm, I'm, I will never, like, give myself the title of a good ally. That is for the people I'm trying to ally myself with to decide. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just a reminder, the first pride was a riot. And looking at the landscape of the legal stuff, at least in the U.S., I feel like the next pride needs to be a riot? I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Lord. Yeah. So, yeah. And once again, uh, do we have anything special planned for the Kinkery or the Loving BDSM Etsy shop for pride? No, no, because <laughs> I love rainbow themed everything. I want to do entire all kinds yeah. of stuff and sets and whatever in the different plat- fra- pff, shit. Pride flag colors, because there are tons of pride flags. 
do I ever think of those things and remember them prior to June 1st? No, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. Well, you know, for, for me doing anything that would have been out the window this year right oh, now sure. anyway, because yeah, 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 you did not have time the, to prepare. The, the time for, to but prepare also, for it is, I think you can put rainbow colored shit out any time of the fucking year. Yeah. Doesn't have to. That's I'm, true. I don't ever want us to be seen as folks who are capitalizing on, uh, pride month like oh we just put out a rainbow colored thing on june 1st and july 1st it will disappear from the shelves like fuck that shit mm-hmm. um so i know we still i don't i i know why i know two reasons why we we do yard flags like many people do in the mm-hmm. in the burbs um we do not have a pride flag and there are two reasons for that not because we don't want one one uh i Going into a local store to find one, <laughs> not around not here. here. Yeah, um, I just need to get online and order one, and I have not. But two, when I think about okay, let me go online and and order, I then also immediately think of where we live, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm am I gonna be uh, am I gonna be causing problems for the kids? Am I? Yeah, you know, are we gonna find something? on our front lawn that we do not want, mm-hmm. you know, I'd still do it anyway, but uh, <laughs> not yeah. until we get the motion sensor lights working. <laughs> or, 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 or a camera. Yeah. Cause people are stupid. Yeah. And yeah, look, people don't think of Florida as the South. That's cause you spend too much time in Orlando and Miami. Okay. It's the yeah. deep South in a good portion mm-hmm. of the state. There's a reason our entire government is fucking Republican. Okay. It's conservative here. It's, it's South in some ways. Yeah. It's country in some other ways. It's redneck in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not always a bad thing. I have met some, some rednecks who will shock the shit out of you. My favorite was seeing this massive ass pickup truck with a Black Lives Matter flag flying from it. I was like, thank you. Thank you for busting yeah. stereotypes. But also, mm-hmm, I know where I live. I mean, <laughs> I know you know, what this place is. I, I, I grew up in, in, mm-hmm. in country in a small, small rural area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get the right country folk. I mean, there there ain't nobody better to have your back. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they will look out for you. Um, any way they can, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there are others that, I mean, it, it's just like life. There's mm-hmm. all yeah. walks. Yeah. So but don't, don't think that Florida is some, uh, even purple haven. Yeah. No, Mr. Spock put it best in, in the live chats. I've heard this too. It's goes mm-hmm. the further North you go in Florida, the further South you get. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I lived in the panhandle for many, many years and there are some aspects of it that were beautiful and it was a great place to live in some ways. Uh, if you were the right type of person, you know, mm-hmm. cis white and at least appearing straight, people were, could be very, very kind. Um, but <laughs> that part of Florida is also called the Redneck Riviera. It's also known as Lower Alabama. Floridians in that area don't like it being called that. And no shade to Alabama. I lived in Alabama for four years of my life as well, yeah. as well as Mississippi for 10. Okay, like I'm I'm Southern and it's, it's fine. It's not yeah. an insult, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why if you are a Republican running for state or 
national federal office, there are two places you go in Florida before you go anywhere else where you go to the Panhandle area, Pensacola area, Destin, as well as kind of in the center. And you go to central Florida, which is where we live, to the villages. Now, villages is not that far from, you know, Orlando. It's not that far from, you know, the the air quote bluer spots, the, the less conservative spots. But there's a reason why if you're... Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're conservative, you go those places first. Mm-hmm. And some of the mindset that the deep South is known for live in those places. So for the person who's going to come after me and be like, you just don't like conservatives. Lord, half the people I love are conservative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. don't even come at me with that either. Yeah, no, no. So there's, and, and in some aspects it, you know, some of it with, with the folk around here, it has nothing to do with, uh, conservative or liberal leaning it's just you know they're it's just the place and the the mindset and the things that have been allowed to to flourish yep and the ways of thinking so yeah that that was a little bit of a culture shock coming here from tampa bay (laughs) (laughs) weirdly tampa bay was the culture shock tampa bay is a a, for you when we yeah when yeah because I was born, not born, but I was raised primarily about 45 minutes north of where we live now, in the middle of the literal woods. When I was 15, we moved to South Mississippi. When I went to college, I went to college in Alabama. After I got out of college, a few years after college, I moved back to Florida and I went to the Panhandle, but spent all my free time back in South Mississippi because that's where my mom was. Then finally, 2014, I got to move down to the Tampa Bay area. And for five years, I was like, oh, it is neither a super, super metropolitan urban area and or a completely rural country area. It is a mix and you can go, you can drive 20 minutes either direction and you're going to, you know, hit different, all of it. And also you could walk into like a Starbucks and this table, they're talking liberal politics and that table, they're talking conservative politics. And it's like a sea of different types of people in yeah. one place. It's not homogenous, right? And I was like, wow, this is so cool. This is amazing. And then we came to where we live now and I'm like, oh, this is like going home. I'm very familiar <laughs> with this. Very, very familiar with this. Mm. Um, so, yeah. But anywho. Anyway. You know, now we're, uh, we're, we're forging along, you know, bit by bit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's going to be things happening coming up in the future. We've we both got stuff we're we're working on and doing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like I just forgot the like six hours I spent working on something yesterday that eventually right. I will tell y'all about. But. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> you know, good things, exciting things, fun things. Trying. Yeah. Trying to to keep us excited to be doing it Mm -hmm. no need for burnout here no no no, no. let's not let's not live that life no uh yeah so on that note though i think it's time we say goodbye it is getting warm in here and need to open doors again and my stomach keeps growling because i haven't had lunch yet so i I should probably eat lunch i ate lunch beforehand i know better nobody wants to hear my stomach grumbling well you become like hangry true yeah i don't deny it Mm mm-hmm it's a thing with me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and you do too after a certain point after a certain point but it takes me a little bit longer it does it takes it me does. a little longer all right anyway um, <laughs> on that note <laughs> <laughs>
Wow, we went... Uh... This show is officially about nothing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're the kink version of the 2020s version of Seinfeld. I don't know. Yeah. It's a show about nothing. Probably. Mm. Yep. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go now. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. If some of the changes that we are considering that we're going to have to talk about to see if that's what we want to do, we'll in- try to announce them in the places. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks mm-hmm. for uh, being here with us. We mm-hmm. appreciate each and every one of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Without y'all, we're just two weirdos talking to ourselves on the internet. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We're going to go now. Bye. Bye.